the thing is there's there's a ton of ways to make money online and none of them are all that hard uh they're maybe complicated or complex but like once you figure it out it's not too bad so you really do need to start from a a point of am i going to enjoy this in two years welcome back to young smart money my name is apple Kreider, and i'm your host a lot of us have heard about arbitrage selling things on amazon and making a living by flipping stuff online so today we have a guest who has a ton of experience in that he's been in the amazon game for quite a number of years now he's actually teaching other people how to do it now as well his name is jordan kilburn he also goes by the millionaire millennial on youtube where he has over 150,000 subscribers today he is coming on to talk with us about scaling up his Amazon FBA business to a point where he was able to bring on additional help and turn it into a full-time income for himself so that he could leave his engineering job where he was making already quite a bit of money. So today we're, we're covering all of that, everything that you need to know about Amazon FBA. We're doing a whole Amazon FBA mini crash course for you to learn all of the steps, how to get started, and what your next steps should be if you want to pursue Amazon FBA. And before we get into it, guys, if you've enjoyed the show, if you've gotten some value out of Young Smart Money so far, it's helped you along on your journey, please do consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us not only reach more people with the show, but it also helps you hear from even more amazing guests like Jordan, the millionaire millennial. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, Jordan, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I, I am doing just fantastic. So today what I want to do in this episode is first just hear about your story as an entrepreneur, and then we're going to go more in depth into your specific area of basically entrepreneurship, which is Amazon FBA. So let's get started with your entrepreneurship journey. And I want to start here first about where you got started. So tell me a bit about your childhood um, and, and really what, what school was like for you. So were, were you a good student? Um, were you somebody that cared a lot in school or what did that look like? Yeah, so I, I was homeschooled. So that's, oh, really? that's, okay. that's the first weird thing off the bat right there. Well, people always get weirded out when I say that. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I wasn't in the public school system um, or even private school. And I think that that uh, helped a ton. So shout out to my parents for making that decision to homeschooling me just because I got, you know, I, I think a better education in the public school system. Um, Okay. Just, just, just saying that there. Um, and then, you know, that was great. And I ended up going to college at Texas A&M and I studied electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. It has literally nothing to do with what I'm doing. Now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I got a job, a job like right out of college, you know, uh, in electrical engineering, doing some consulting work and stuff. And I was working like 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. And oh, I, just, I just didn't like uh, that schedule. And I didn't, I didn't like constantly being told what to do, what projects to work on, blah, blah, blah. You know, the typical uh, entrepreneurship, I don't like my job, I want to do something else yeah. kind of thing. So my story is not that exciting. I just got fed up uh, with, with being told what to do and decided to start my own business. So then I spent like six months, maybe like a year-ish, uh, yeah. researching all the different you know, make money online kind of things, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out one that made sense for me, something that I liked or enjoyed, something that sounded interesting. And I ended up just, just picking FBA, uh, not because it was better than anything else, but just because it interested me. And it was really cool to kind of, oh, I get to design a product or I get to, you know, find these different deals and kind of arbitrage things. So there was a, a lot of aspects that I liked about it. Um, and obviously, I could do it on my own schedule. It doesn't, you know, matter what time, I don't, I don't have to be in an office at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, I can, you know, stay up until two o'clock in the morning working and I do that all the time. 
uh, just because that's what I want to do, not because I, I have to or anything like that. Cool. I like, I like how you mentioned that as well, as, as that was the thing that actually like, caught your interest and something that you were actually interested in because you actually like a product market. Whereas a lot of people go into going to making money online, it's just like, okay, what's the quickest thing I can do? They just, what's money, the, yeah. they just want that instant gratification, but you, yeah. you really approach it as like, okay, which of these things would I actually get some, some sort of fulfillment out right. of and which of them would actually make me feel like I was doing something cool? So exactly. I think that's a really valuable thing that you just hit on and a lot of our listeners take that to heart because if you just take the thing that you think is going to make you the most money the quickest, chances are you're not going to stick with it long enough to, for it to actually have an impact. So. Exactly. And I mean, the thing is, there's, there's a ton of ways to make money online oh, yeah. and none of them are all that hard. Uh, they're maybe complicated or complex, but like once you figure it out, it's not too bad. So you really do need to start from a, a point of, am I going to enjoy this in two years or is this yeah. just going to be like another job that I'm building for myself than I have to do? So yeah. definitely pick something based on your current skill set. And, you know, if you don't have any skills, like I didn't, when I, I mean, I had, you know, engineering skills, but that's not really applicable to any of the stuff I was looking at. So I, you, you had to just learn skills and, you know, listen to podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. read blogs, you know, everything that, that most people do when they start entrepreneurship is just learn as much as yep. you can. Learn, apply, and then stick with it. Like that's, that's the key is sticking with it, at least in my Absolutely. opinion. If you're not going to follow through, then things aren't going to work for you. Um, So as far as your experience with entrepreneurship goes, so you were at the nine to five, you quit the nine to five to start Amazon FBA. Um, You said you were listening to some stuff like podcasts, reading blogs. Did you have any mentors in particular that were very influential in your ability to get started here? Or were you really just going out and learning on your own? I was, so as far as mentors go, there wasn't like a ton of people around like there is today for Amazon FBA. Like I'm an, I'm an Amazon FBA mentor nowadays and there's, there's dozens out there, but a couple of years ago, there wasn't a ton. Um, there was a, a, a few Facebook groups that were really useful that I can't really remember the name of, but just a community of any kind. There's tons of them out there today. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like, just a community of people that are trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do or that have already done what you're trying to do is going to be a great place to start because then you can just really figure out a lot of the mistakes that they made and you can learn from those immediately without having to make, like I've made so many costly mistakes over the past couple of years and I wouldn't have made those mistakes if I was more involved in a community. Mm, that's big because yeah, you can make the mistakes or you can learn from somebody else who already made the mistakes and can share that information with you. So I think that's really big and learning people who, again, like you said, have already done it rather than people who are just standing here pontificating on it and saying, oh, Amazon FBA is dead. Oh, you can't succeed at Amazon FBA when actually they, they've never tried it. They never stuck with it. They don't have their pocket. Yeah. So, or, or moreover, yeah. maybe they tried it for like a week, you know, yeah, and, exactly. it and it's just like, okay, well, yeah, if, if I tried to paint like Picasso for a week, I wouldn't become <laughs> an artist either. So you have to give it an honest try for at least a little while. Yeah, completely, completely agree. So, you, you, so if you didn't have that many mentors, did you have like a team around you? Did you, or were you just doing this on your own? So I was completely on my own from the very beginning. It wasn't actually until this year that I started like building a team, kind of hiring mm-hmm. employees, getting partners and things like that. So like from the get go, you know, I was completely by myself building the company on my own, mm-hmm. which was a, definitely a struggle for yeah. sure. And if I had found people that were interested that wanted to work with me, I probably would have done that, but I didn't. So it was kind of just like, all right, time to grind out on my own for a little while. But it ended up working out really well because I maintain you know, 100% ownership of my company. And, and it's, just, it's just nice to not have to share 
<laughs> in a way. But I mean, I would be completely fine with, um, you know, actually I'm hiring on employees now and offering them a percentage of the company. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it works out like sharing is caring, I guess. And when you care about your employees then they deliver results. I dig it. And, and again, you must've been quite, quite involved with this process. So I can see why, why you would want to retain all of that equity because if you're building this entire business from the ground itself, um, there's definitely a lot, of, a lot that goes into that. So exactly. could you talk, could you talk on some of your biggest challenges that you did face when you were sort of bringing this thing to life? Yeah, biggest, biggest challenge. Well, <laughs> be more specific about big challenges. There's, there's a lot. Um, I mean, everything from, you know, finding like specifically with FBA, sure. finding a product, importing the product, finding suppliers, like those are all like the normal challenges, mm -hmm. but like even deeper than that, from a business perspective, trying to understand all of the different rules and things that go into business. Um, and I actually freaked myself out for a long time. Uh, looking way too deep into stuff. So like, I was like really concerned about taxes and you know, business licensing, all this stuff. None of that really matters when you're first starting out. Like I was worried about that stuff before I even made any money. It's like the IRS isn't gonna come after you until you actually make money, so don't worry about them. Uh, but that was like a big thing for me. It was like uh, being maybe paranoid about like what's gonna happen if, it, if this starts happening and not worrying about Hey, I should actually make this happen before I worry about yeah. all the hypothetical, ridiculous situations that aren't going to happen. Mm, so, uh, yeah. you know, but definitely just getting going is like my, what was my biggest problem. And, uh, I've kind of cured that now. I'm actually almost too ambitious taking on really? projects and like just jumping into like a lot of different stuff. Uh, so I have to, I have to say no to a lot of things nowadays. Uh, it's kind of the curse of being an entrepreneur is you see opportunity yeah. everywhere. And so you just have to like, oh, I just got to stay with what I'm doing because I'm doing good. <laughs> completely. I can completely agree with that. That's, that's my biggest fault is that I just overextend myself. And I always say yes, because there's so many cool opportunities out there and there's so many different yep. things you could be doing that for me, it's tough to just figure out, okay, this is what I want to focus on right now. I'm going to go all in on this exactly. and not try to do 18 million things at once because I know I won't do all of them to the level that I want to. So yes. that's, that's a very, very crucial thing is to, to figure out where your priorities are and then actually dedicate your time, energy, and resources into those things that you have established as being important to you. Um, I think that's really, really big. Yeah. And like you said, that ties back into, you know, picking something that you enjoy and that should yeah. help you help you make that decision a lot easier. Completely, completely. So in, in, in June 2017, you actually launched, um, I believe this was your first information product, correct me if I'm wrong, um, yeah. but that was your first info product. Can you talk a little bit about that process and why you decided to go down the route of creating an information product? Sure, yeah. So June, so I guess I, I quit my job in January of that year, so January okay. 2017, and I kind of built the Amazon business out for like six months, got to a pretty mm -hmm. stable point where I was making way more than I was at my engineering job and I was pretty satisfied. And so uh, I started a YouTube channel around maybe March of that year, just kind of talking about what I was doing. You know, just, I, I've always liked kind of sharing ideas with people. So I was like, I'll just make this YouTube channel. And people started watching my videos. Some of you always got like tens of thousands of views, which like was like, you know, yeah. that's my, you know, people are watching my videos. Wow. Uh, and then, and then I started getting messages because uh, I, you know, put like my Instagram on my videos or my Snapchat and people were messaging me, asking me if I could consult with them, if I could, you know, show them how I was doing things, you know, and then a ton of people were just like, make a course, you know, like make, make a you know, full in depth guide or like yeah. show me. And people were just like, I'll pay you whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. All right. Like I'll give, I'll give the people what they want. 
so I spent a couple months and I, you know, uh, really planned it. I mean, it took a while to plan and then obviously record, edit, yeah. and re-edit and then re-record because I didn't like something. So it took a long time to actually make the course. Mm -hmm. uh, but then once I put it together, really the most valuable thing about it is the community that I've built in it. So mm. we've got, like I've got over a thousand students now and we have a- wow. Yeah, and we're always sharing ideas and bouncing ideas off of each other. And obviously, you know, advertising our mistakes, being like, oh, hey, don't buy this product that's gonna do this. <laughs> um, so like, there's a lot to learn from community. And that's like, the, I think that that's like the biggest thing that's come out of that is uh, the community that I was able to build around Amazon. Yeah, and those are people who are like actually dedicated because they've taken the exactly. time and resources to invest into themselves and actually show that they can this is not a bunch of random people off the street who are like, oh, I would try Amazon FBA. Let me join this right. Facebook group really quick and see what people and, have to and say. Yeah, and that's all, all of the free Facebook groups are, you know, they've got like 20, 50,000 people, but yeah. it's people that don't know anything yeah. and they're, they're not really doing anything either. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, it's definitely, you can tell a difference when you're in a paid group because I'm in a lot of, like I pay to be in a lot of groups too. Mm -hmm. And you can tell the difference like between paid groups and free groups because it's just like, those people want or even need to be there to be successful. Completely agree. And it's all about that building that network of successful people around you because like everybody says, you're the product of the five people you surround yourself with. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are actually doing things that you want to, to, to do. So going off of that, we met actually through a mutual friend of ours, um, Ryan Scribner. Um, yep. so can you talk a little bit about how you actually met Ryan? Um, and then I have a couple follow-up questions on that as well. Yeah. So meeting Ryan was just so, uh, so he just, he just messaged me on Facebook. He was like, Hey, uh, I have a YouTube channel too. want to do a collab video. I had no <laughs> idea who he was, knew nothing about him. Uh, you know, I had gotten offers for collab videos from a ton of different people. And I said no sure. all the time, but I went to Ryan's channel. And I watched a couple of his videos and I just like liked who he was as a person. So I was like, sure, let's do a collab video. So we, you know, I filmed a little video for his channel. He did one for mine. Uh, and then, you know, later we just started talking more and then we wanted to do some projects together. So it was really more of just like, he's a cool guy. Uh, and he, obviously he thinks I'm a cool guy, hopefully. And we just enjoy working together. Uh, and our skill sets are very complimentary, right? So like he does like stocks and business and I'm, I'm more FBA. So like we're, we don't have this overlap where we're basically the same person, right? So there's a lot of people teaching FBA. It doesn't really make sense for me to collab with them because they're going to yeah. say the same things I'm saying. So it was just a really uh, intuitive and just a really good connection that we made in order to just come together and create, you know, we, we've created a lot of different content together. We obviously have our passive income masterclass and, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we're also working on together that is really exciting. Yeah. So you guys uh, did that, did that class, passive income masterclass. Can you talk a bit about that? So that was a, that was a live event. Yeah, that was, uh, that was my very first live event and I was super oh. nervous for it because uh, I thought I was going to screw up, but it actually <laughs> went, uh, it went really well. Um, so, I mean, we had it in, uh, what was that, October. And so it was just uh, 30 people. It was the cap. I think like 20 something showed up. So it was, it was a pretty full room and, you know, Ryan talked about YouTube and building a business out there. I talked a little about it. FBA. I talked about finding trends. I talked about hiring uh, and managing employees. So we just talked about all the stuff that we're doing um, aside, like on the background, like, so like Ryan makes, you know, investing videos, I make FBA videos, but that's not all we're doing. So no, we talked about 
talked about all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes. And I think that that was like super helpful for all the people that were there. Uh, mm. Afterwards, people were just like coming up, wanting to take pictures with us and just being like, I just honestly just want to thank you for this. This was awesome. So it was really cool uh, that my first live event went so well. And uh, me and Ryan were both really happy. So we plan to have another one pretty soon. Awesome. That's, that's so cool. And, and those are things that like aren't people, people don't understand like what goes in behind the scenes. So it's really valuable to, to provide that information to them because yeah, it's not just, you weren't just standing up there like repeating everything you said in your YouTube videos. You were out there um, really giving people the full picture of what's actually going on, not just the double in the surface. So I think that's really valuable as well. And, and another project that you guys did together, which I want to touch on a bit, um, it is your um, membership site that, that turned out not to, to go for a while. It, it went a little bit short, I think. Yep. Um, but I want to hear more about, about that. Um, and that was in uh, winter 2017, I believe. Uh, you know what? I do not remember when it was. It was in winter, though, because uh, it was okay. cold okay. outside. <laughs> That's the only way I know. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a group that we made um, called Passionate Paycheck, where basically we're teaching people how to make money using YouTube. Uh, with whatever they're passionate about. So, you know, there's people that coming from all over the place, you know, yoga, people that want to do drones, cars. Mm. We're just like, here, you can make a full-time income just talking about this stuff on mm. YouTube. And we talked about all the different strategies, you know, all the, the different, you know, how to get an email list built, how to, you know, get this built and, you know, how to make a landing page and all the different stuff that goes on, like I said, behind the scenes. Uh, and it, it actually went really well for the people that enrolled. But mm. me and Ryan didn't really have the time to like keep it going. Mm. And so we, we actually ended up having to shut it down because of that. But actually the people that were in it, um, our success rate was actually really high because we didn't have okay. a ton of people, but they were all like, they all have YouTube. Almost all of them have YouTube channels now have like, you know, hundreds or even thousands of subscribers you know, regularly putting out content and actually making money. So, um, I might talk to Ryan about starting it back up just because it was so successful. Yeah. But, uh, we would have to, we'd have to format it differently so that um, we would have time to do it. Yeah. Cause I mean, if, if it's a membership site, that's a lot more time commitment than something like your course. Whereas yeah. with the course, you put in a bunch of time up front, but with the membership site, you're constantly putting in time to keep exactly. that going. So there's definitely, it, it's going to, I've never built one myself, so I, I'm not sure how the logistics would work on that, but it's definitely got to be a lot trickier to figure out those logistics. Um, it is. It is. As, as, opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to something like a course. So yeah. Now I sort of want to hop into more of the Amazon FBA side of things. So our listeners are primarily um, going to be younger people and Amazon FBA is something that's appealing to a lot of younger people because they think it's, it's a good way to make money online, which, which so it seems like you have been able to do that pretty successfully. So yeah. could you, could we hop into sort of like a mini Amazon FBA crash course here um, and just start off by filling in our listeners with like, first of all, like what is FBA? Like what does that even mean? Yeah, right. Like, well, what is it? And how does it work? And what, what yeah. do you do? Right. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but it is a great opportunity still. Um, so, uh, like, people are always asking, "Is it going to be good in 2019?" And I'm just like, "Yes, it is. <laughs> it's the same as it's been for the past. It's been around for like over 10 years. So, yeah, it's still yeah. good." Um, but FBA stands for fulfilled by Amazon, and and that kind of basically tells you what the business is about. Basically you have products that are fulfilled by Amazon. So you personally don't have to ship any orders. You don't have to talk to customers. You don't have to do anything package yeah. labels, you know, drop stuff off the mailbox or whatever. So <laughs> it, it makes the business. Um, it's, it's very much like, um, like mid two thousands eBay business, like mm -hmm. back 
2003 when everybody was talking about selling on eBay, except you don't have to do any of the hard work of like shipping products. So you, there's a couple different methods. Like you can do what's called arbitrage where you basically buy products cheaper and resell them for more, you know, same as like if if I go to the thrift shop or a garage sale, find a printer for 20 bucks, resell for 200 happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And then there's the uh, other method, which is private label where you actually build a brand. So you can create a brand about anything. Um, I'm actually currently working on a supplements brand that I'm going to sell. Mm. So yeah, there's all sorts of different brands that you can make in any niche or again, stuff that interests you is always a good place to start. Uh, but that's cool because then you can do whatever you want with the brand. You know, you can make the logo and do all that, but that's usually daunting to people. So I always recommend people start with like arbitrage just to try to learn, Hey, here's how the platform works. Here's how you sell stuff. And you can just go garage selling or thrift shops, or you can, uh, you know, search around online for deals. There's, there's a lot of different ways uh, and methods to find products. Uh, <laughs> but those, that's usually where I would say to start is to look into like online arbitrage because then you don't even have to leave your house at all, which is awesome. Mm, yeah. uh, that's, that's my favorite part of it. <laughs> cool. Cool. So um, bouncing off of that, you said one of the reasons you like it is because you don't like to leave your house. Um, but like, what are some of the other benefits to selling on Amazon as opposed to something like, I don't know, Shopify drop shipping or starting a social media marketing agency, like opposed to some of the other like big make money online. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had to weigh obviously all of the, you know, pros and cons back when I was researching all of these and yeah. kind of like why I decided FBA. And it was mostly because I like the creativity aspect of being able to build a brand. Now, obviously, you can, do yeah. that. you can still do that in a, a social media marketing agency. You're technically building a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that with Shopify as well. The thing I don't like about drop shipping and Shopify in general is that you have to get traffic. Like you have to buy traffic. Like you mm-hmm. have to send people to your website. You know, Amazon owns 50% of the e-commerce space. So like, if you buy a product <laughs> online, there's a 50% chance that it was purchased on Amazon. Wow. Why would you, why would you try to go build something over here when Amazon already owns all of this and they're inviting you to come over here and sell on their platform? Mm-hmm. So it just, that just makes sense. They're, they're not, um, a lot of people are like Amazon FBA or Shopify. Uh, I found that the best is actually a unison between the two. So you build a brand, you kind of build it up on Amazon, but then you also have a store that actually fulfills orders using Amazon. So you know, the customer doesn't see it, but you're still using FBA in your Shopify store. So it just works out really well because you can then do both. And that's a, a really solid way to build your brand in general is to have, you know, both of them working in unison instead of like, you know, all oh, arguing about which is better. <laughs> and I assume if you're selling through your own website, that's going to be less fees associated with that because you don't have to pay as much to Amazon because they're not pushing yourself. Yeah. So you don't have to pay the, the referral fee, which honestly, it, it kind of actually ends up being a wash, to be honest. It ends up being about the same profit okay. because on Shopify, you have to pay uh, more, a lot more in advertising, getting people to your sites. And mm-hmm. maybe you have to pay for like SEO optimizations or maybe you have to do it yourself, which you should be paying yourself uh, if you're spending yeah. time learning about SEO and doing all that. So it ends up being not that much. I mean, if anything, it's a complete wash, honestly, profit-wise, which one's more profitable than the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, I just think FBA is a lot easier to start because you don't have to worry about marketing. Mm. Um, so, so going off of that, starting FBA, how much, how much of an initial investment do you need to actually do this? Because if you're creating a product from scratch, 
Um, it seems like that could be a little bit pricey, um, especially depending on like where you're sourcing that from or how you're shipping it. So yep. what's, what's like the general ballpark of what that's going to cost you to start up? So it, it, it depends on the method that you pick, right? So if you want to go the arbitrage route, which is usually what I recommend people start with because uh, it's okay. the easiest way to learn and pick up everything and you're not taking a huge risk. Because uh, if you want to start private label, you're probably only going to do one product. And if that one product goes bad, you lost mm. all of your money. Or at worst case, usually worst case scenario is you you break even. Uh, okay. You can usually like liquidate it at a break even. So you don't actually end up losing money, but you didn't make any either. Um, it took a so with, time. Exactly. It, it takes a while. So with arbitrage, you can actually like get going and actually have products listed and for sale and bought usually within like a month, which is okay. a really good time frame. Uh, to be able to actually start making like actual profit. And really you can get going with, I would say just a few hundred dollars. I've seen people come up with, um, you know, maybe like $300 and actually, you know, turn a profit of like 50 bucks, which, right. okay, you know, that's not a $50, what they do. But if you're looking <laughs> at like a percentage return, that's actually really good compared yeah. to the stock market or whatever. And that return is in a month. So then you reinvest that and you yep. keep that over and over so that's uh, like I would say bare minimum there but for like a private label which is uh, what you a lot of people like to grow into uh, you really can't get away with it for less than a couple thousand nowadays you, okay. you, you used to be able to do it for like five hundred dollars uh, but like you know the currency exchanges and like products and you really want to customize stuff too so you know, building a brand isn't like the cheapest thing ever, but when you're talking about starting an entire business and building a whole brand, thousand, two thousand dollars that's not a lot of money at all. Not at all. Um, so how do you, how do you decide like what to sell? Cause I mean, there's, there's gotta be like millions and millions of things like, Oh yeah. Here's the sell. Um, what are, what are some strategies that, that people could take to, to figure out like what, even like what kind of category? They want to take? Right, right, right. So, um, you can start for sure with things that interest you. Uh, right. One of our one of our brands that we're working on right now, me and my partner, um, is a brand that we're just both really interested in. So we're both passionate about it. And when you're passionate about it, then you actually push yourself to like create a really good product because you're like, I know this market. I am the potential customer. Like I'm building this for myself. Yeah. Uh, so you make it the way you want. But if you're just like starting out and you're like, I have no idea. I just want to make some money. Uh, the best way against arbitrage, there's a tool out there called tactical arbitrage, which is literally just the best. It's what everybody uses. There's no, you know, comparable software, honestly. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what everybody uses to find products. It's super pretty easy to use. Very, very difficult to master, but you can find products within a few hours using that software. And again, with that, it doesn't really, you don't really care what you're selling. You don't care, you know, what category it is, what kind of product it is. Um, you're just like, you're looking to make some money there. And, and that's really the best way to find arbitrage products. And then, you know, for private label, if you're looking, again, start with something that you, you find interesting and then, you know, kind of research and figure out if it's something that other people want as well. And odds are probably, uh, if, if you think it's a problem that, you know, your product solves and helps you, then it's probably going to help other people too. So are you like inventing new things here or are you like making like a water bottle, but like putting your logo on it? Like what is, what does this look like? And are you like, you said something about differentiation. So how, how do you differentiate besides just a logo? Like are you actually making new things? Right, right. Um, so there are, there, there's, there's two schools of thoughts here. Okay, okay. Um, and so I'm more of a, of a like 
build your own kind of thing. But the, the, the school of thought that's actually more popular is doing what you're saying, just like, oh, a water bottle with my logo on it. Because how can you make a water bottle and it's a water bottle? What are you going to do with it? Um, <laughs> but I'm more of a school of thought of like, oh, we can add a, you know, a straw inside. I know that that's already done, but like modify the water bottle so yeah. it's better. Uh, because you're going to have a lot easier time uh, building a water bottle that everybody else has, but you're going to have a lot yeah. harder time selling it. And that's yeah. the important part. So I'm, I'm more for spending a lot of time up front and a lot of money as well up front to make a really cool customized version of a product instead of just putting a Lego on it and then, you know, spending all of that time and money later trying to sell it because, you know, then you have to worry about the inventory, you have it in stock, you know, your, your storage fees and things like that. So it's just a really good idea, in my opinion, uh, to, to kind of di diversify the product a little bit and, and make it unique in some way, you know, <laughs> or what a lot of people do is bundle it with something else that makes sense. So your water mm. bottle, you bundle it with, uh, you know, like those little packs that you put in water that make your water flavored or whatever mm, yeah and include those in, in your water bottle purchase and like that's something that customers see and they're like oh i could buy this water bottle for twenty dollars it's just a water bottle or i could buy this other water bottle that's got these like three little flavor things in it for the same price they're gonna go for the flavor things every time because it's the same price yeah and, and i think that's very interesting as well because there's so many i have no idea because i don't sell on amazon but i assume there, there's so many products that the competition for something like a water bottle would be, would oh, be absurd know. Um, so, you don't so, you don't have, <laughs> so you don't have that competitive advantage. I assume getting, getting that ranking slot for, for on something like a water bottle would be, would be absurd. So, yes. um, that, that's also got to be a good way to sort of like carve out a niche is to, is to get that competitive advantage with something that you differentiate. Actually. Exactly. If you can, um, like one of my, pretty much my most successful brand is a brand that's just, it's a toy, but it's a toy that I made. Right. So it's like, there's mm. nothing else like it on the market. So like, that's why it sells so well, because I don't really have any competitors. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe you could compare it to like some other versions of a, another product, but it's just like, I'm the only one that sells this. And we also, uh, we do some wholesale with other brands. Like we help other brands build their brands. And most of those uh, really successful brands are very unique products. And they just sell really well because if you can build a unique product and you find people that also find it really cool and want to buy it, you're, you're set. I mean, that's it. All you have to do is just make the product. And at that point, it's super easy. Once, once you have the prototype built, you're just like, all right, pump them out. Let's go. You know, thousands of units. Here we go. I like that. I like that school of thought of really like putting all the time and energy up front into creating something that's actually going to be valuable yeah. and just creating the same old thing and then pumping all your time and energy into figuring out, okay, how do I sell this same old thing to as many people as possible? Right. So, yeah. yeah. And that, that school of thought bothers people because they have to wait, you know, three to six plus months to actually yeah. make any money. And that's why I say like, it's really cool to start with arbitrage because then you can actually be making money and planning your private label, planning your brand and like doing all that while you're, you're actually still making money. So it's not like you have to waste six months. And then what if your product flops, which happens sometimes, yeah. then you up oh, another six months. Whereas if you're doing arbitrage at the same time, you're still making consistent money. And then you can also use that money to, to fund your private label as well. I really like that strategy. Like, like getting the sort of instant gratification and the money from arbitrage, but also investing into the long term of actually creating the brand. Exactly. That seems so like a it, really good play. It, feel, it fills that instant gratification desire that all the millennials yeah. have nowadays. And then yeah. uh, you, you also get to actually build something that will hopefully last a long time. That's, that's the plan. Um, so 
with, with a lot of Amazon people that I've talked to, I was, I was getting into Amazon like a little over a year ago. I, I thought about doing it before I started my YouTube channel on my podcast. Um, but it, it seems like a lot of people keep their products a secret. Is that something that is, is a thing? Um, is, is there a lot of like secrecy behind like the products that you sell or, or what is, what is the state of that? So with the secrecy thing, so people don't really care. Like if you're arbitraging, no one cares, right? Like I arbitrage, uh, there's like some pots over here that I used to arbitrage that I couldn't sell them all. So now they're just sitting on my counter, right? So like uh, people don't care about that. The secrecy comes into play when people are doing private label. And that mm -hmm. is because of that competition aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I were to go on YouTube and broadcast all of the product, like I said, I'm doing a supplement brand, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, which kind of supplement? Well, you know, it's because if I because I have a bigger following, go on YouTube and talk about, hey, this is a private label I'm doing. Everybody's gonna be like, oh, Jordan's doing it. We all have to do it. And that's actually the opposite of what you'd wanna do. You'd wanna be like, oh, he just said that. Everybody else is gonna try to do it, so don't do yeah. it. Um, but that's, that's the real main reason, is people don't wanna oversaturate a market. Like, mm -hmm. like if you say, oh, selling garlic presses uh, on Amazon is gonna be like this huge market and I'm gonna start selling this. Uh, other people are gonna see it and they're just gonna make their own versions of the brand. It's just not going to work. And yeah. the fact, um, you know, right now I'm working on getting copyrights and trademarks and actually patents for some of my designs. Ooh. After that goes through, I don't care. I'll share my products because you can't copy them or I'll sue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That totally makes sense because yeah, if you, if you have that competitive advantage, if you're making this toy that nobody else is making, um, even having one other competitor come in and just undermine you, would, would yeah. not be a good thing exactly. for your business. So that definitely makes sense why you would want to keep that sort of under wraps. Um, so now I should want to hop into the questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up. So uh, let's get into it. Sweet. The first one is what are you, what are you excited about right now? So this can be some kind of like up and coming thing you're doing in your business, some kind of trend you see emerging in the wider landscape of things, but it's like, what are you excited about right now? So right now um, I'm working on software for Amazon sellers to help manage their businesses. I know I'm, I'm all over the place. Like I said, I'm, I'm yeah. all over the place. Uh, but that's what I'm most excited about. So I'm working on uh, building out actually artificial intelligence to help people find products. Yeah, I know I'm crazy. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about that and that's what I'm working on. Um, I'm also really excited about the brands that we're launching in uh, this year because um, mm -hmm. they're closer to home, like there's, there's stuff I actually care about. And then mm. honestly, I'm still really passionate about my toy brand, which is pretty much one of my, I think it is my very first like main brand. Uh, and then just growing that, I wanna try to get that to like a million dollars a year. And then hopefully wow. be able to sell it for at least a few million dollars in a couple of years. So that's, wow. I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things, uh, but like <laughs> building my current brands and then working on software and, um, and then I'm always excited about working with other people to help build their businesses. So like working with my students and things kind of, those are always fun challenges that people bring me. It's like, Hey, I'm stuck with this. How can you, you know, solve this? And I get to sit down and like actually work with people and figure out, figure out their problems. And I don't know, I guess cause because I come from an engineering background, solving problems is just like my favorite thing to do. So I'm just like, <laughs> AI, that sounds like a hard problem. Building businesses. That sounds like a hard problem. Building brands. So. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm very intrigued in your software ventures. So we might have to in a while to, to talk about how those are going because oh, yeah. software businesses seem like a very, very interesting prospect to me right now. Yeah, it, uh, my software actually will be done in the next couple of weeks. So by the time you air this podcast, it should be out. Really? Okay, well, I'll have to follow up with you on Instagram and, and get some more details on that. Absolutely. I can share with our listeners. 
Um, all right, so what habits have served you most throughout your either your business or just your life in general? Any any significant habits for you? Um, so there's there's a lot of like I, there's a lot of habits or like traits that I could say okay. definitely uh, played a role, but I won't say that they're uh, necessary or like mm -hmm. unique or anything. Like I've met a lot of entrepreneurs, and there's like not any one set of traits that's going to lead you to success. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest one is just, just like being sure of yourself and like having a little bit of self-confidence. Like that's important because you can't build a business if you're constantly doubting yourself. Um, and I struggled with that for sure in the beginning. And I think everybody does, but as soon as you like see a little bit of success, then you can kind of start, trusting yourself a little more and, and that's something that's like super important um you know and, and a lot of people be like oh waking up early is important i hate waking up early you know so <laughs> like like it I, i'm still i'm such an opposite from a lot of the other entrepreneurs i meet so like i if i'd sit i could tell you all my different traits and you'd be like none of those are <laughs> like <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it, it just comes down to that self-awareness and knowing what works for you. And like, if waking yeah. up early doesn't work for you, then don't do it. But like, exactly. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't try to be uh, your hero. So like, don't try to be, yeah. you know, you, we can look up to people. Like I'll look yeah. up to Bezos or Musk, Musk or whatever. And they're, they're cool. But like, don't try to be like them, you know, cause Musk has had how many failed marriages, you know, like, do you really want to be that guy? Not really. So, I mean, yeah. you want to focus on who you are and just being the best version of yourself, whatever that mm. looks like. Completely, completely agree. What what content are you consuming right now? Are there any people whose who blogs you're reading, YouTube videos you're watching, podcasts you're listening to? What content are you consuming? Um, not a ton. Uh, you know, there, there's there's not a lot of people that I look up to in the entrepreneurship world, which is kind of hmm. sad. Uh, but it's a little weird, and it's mostly just because, I'll, like, I'm not gonna single anybody out or no. um, not not gonna point fingers. But the majority of entrepreneurs are are in it for the money, and yeah. they're not like. You know, they don't really care. Like they'll say, oh, I love my customers. I care about, them. you know, but they don't really care. Um, so like, and, and moreover, their family lives all suck. Um, so like, that's something that, that is kind of really important to me. So there's not a lot of good entrepreneurs that actually have a really good work-life balance that I've met. Um, so there's not a lot of people that I look up to um, and like listen to and stuff. So that being said, uh, I do like listening to Gary Vaynerchuk just because mm -hmm. he's all about like, I uh, just, you know, give out information all the time. And so he's yeah. cool. Um, and then I've actually just been researching, uh, like I said, a lot into software and stuff. So uh, Richard, uh, not Richard, Russell Brunson, mm, yeah. who made ClickFunnels. I've been following him and kind of looking at what he's doing and he's, he's pretty interesting. Um, so like, there's not a lot of people that I follow <laughs> uh, at That's all, fair. but uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a few. At least you mentioned Gary. Gary's like, Gary's my guy. So, God, I got to write Gary. Everybody likes Gary, I think. Exactly. Except for people who don't like Gary. And those yeah. people who don't like Gary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is a workaholic. And I do not yeah. uh, agree with the, you know, work until you're 40. And then you can, you know, I'm just like, just take it easy, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to enjoy my 20s, you know, come on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, that, that's, the path is definitely not for everybody. So, it's, it's all about that, again, self-awareness. And just knowing, like, yes. okay, this is what I want to do. This is not what I'm like way too, like I'm such a low energy, relaxed, chill person. I what I'm getting from like, this interview. <laughs> yeah. I can't be screaming and wow, you know, like he is all the time. It's just way, he just exhausts me. And I think that he's, he's what, like 40 or 50 now. Yeah, he's like, still have that much energy. It's just like, man. <laughs> Wild. Uh, last thing is just where can our listeners go to follow up with you, find out more about you um, and learn more about FBA? 
Yeah, I mean, hit me up on Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know, Snapchat, Facebook. Uh, I've got all all the social medias. So um, all right, I'll link all those up in the show notes as well for you guys who are um, listening to go follow up with Jordan there because I'm sure, like he said, he loves helping people out. So if you are looking for for a little bit of guidance or, or pushing the right direction, I'm sure he could absolutely uh, hook you up with that. Um, well, Jordan, thank you so much again for taking your time and spending it here on Young Smart Money. Um, anything you want to leave our listeners with any closing thoughts at all? Yeah, well, no, thanks a ton for having me on. It's been awesome. Um, yeah. you know, and, and for anybody listening that, you know, isn't sure what they want to do, just look around, research, find something that's good for you. If you think FBA is good, you know, uh, come talk to me. We can, we can make it happen. I've got lots of, lots of free content, obviously yep. I need lots of, uh, I have a free course, a free mini series, a free, uh, master class. Like I've got a lot of free stuff. And then if you're really serious, of course, I've got like paid mentorship where we can talk more one-on-one and stuff, but uh, I've got tons of resources. So uh, come check me out and we can, we can get you set up and going. Awesome. And we'll have links to uh, as much of that stuff as I can fit in the show notes as, as we can. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much again. Um, Have a wonderful day. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the write a review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.